Between players undergoing surgery and others being placed on injured reserve, the Green Bay Packers are a banged-up bunch right now. How will that impact their preparations for the Atlanta Falcons? We'll ask Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caravu. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game against the Atlanta Falcons coming up. To do that, we have a guest joining us on the phone this morning. Expert interview. We have Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com joining us as he does every Wednesday during the season. Nathan, how you doing? Good morning, Brian. I'm doing well. How about you? Very good, as always. Glad to have you back. Uh, Nathan, a lot of talk about all the transactions the Packers have been making and kind of roster moves. Uh, this isn't technically a move here, but, you know, Demarius Randall's going to miss some time due to surgery. He's going to miss a few weeks. What are the Packers missing with Randall being out? Uh, they are missing the cornerback who has had the best game for the Packers so far this year at cornerback as well as the player who had the worst game at cornerback for them this year. Um, so really, I think they're missing his potential since he has the potential to be a top-tier shutdown cornerback, but just hasn't reached that consistency to be there yet. So um, I think that's what they're really missing is seeing him try to get to that transition. Um, really, after that first game of the season, he didn't play all that well, and the cornerbacks the Packers have been playing have been playing uh, just as good, if not a little better. So uh, practically so far this year, they're not missing much, but really what they're missing is his potential. Yeah, he wasn't placed on injured reserve, so the Packers will be getting him back, I don't know, in a few weeks. Uh, no definitive word there, but uh, we'll see how he progressive. One guy the Packers are going to miss is wide receiver Jared Aberderis, who's now on injured reserve. So, Nathan, between last season and this season, how did Aberderis look compared to his teammates at the wide receiver position? Uh, so far, he's played 224 snaps in the regular and postseason in his career. And so far, he hasn't looked anything more than an average to below average NFL receiver. Uh, he's only caught half the passes thrown his way, which typically, when you see someone with that low of a catch rate, they're typically a deep threat that has a high yards per catch. But so far, Aberdeers only has 12 yards per catch, which isn't too high. So, uh, so far, the other Packers uh, have graded out better in general. Uh, he also has three drops and a fumble all coming uh, last year. So, that also doesn't help his case. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's next year fighting for a roster spot again. All right, so replacing Aberderis on the roster is Geronimo Allison, who definitely brings a different size dimension than Aberderis. Can you remind us how Allison performed in the preseason for the Packers? Uh, Allison looked 
fairly good for the Packers in the preseason. Uh, he was probably the most impressive wide receiver of the group, even though none of the wide receivers were overly impressive. Um, like Aberdares in the regular and postseason, uh, Geronimo uh, has, had only had a catch rate of 50%, but he was averaging 19.8 yards per catch, which that's just a small sample size of six catches and was in large part just that one 51-yard catch that he had in the preseason, which was probably the Packers' biggest play of all the preseason. So um, ideally, if he gets some playing time on offense, he's able to make another a big catch at some point during the season. Yeah, we'll see if he becomes a target of Aaron Rodgers coming up or not. Uh, sometimes they bring rookies along slowly, but we'll see. We're talking to Nathan Yankee of ProFootballFocus.com here at Cheesehead TV's Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Uh, Nathan, uh, also being added to the roster this week is Jermaine Whitehead, who even though he's listed as a safety, I think I remember him playing some slot cornerback in the preseason. Do you have any stats on that? Uh, he only played slot cornerback in the preseason a little bit, just 15 of his 139 snaps. So um, it could have been practice that he was playing in the slot more too. But um, outside of that, his time was pretty well split between strong safety and free safety. And in that time, he looked pretty good. Um, just two short passes that he allowed to be complete. And if they're short passes, not a huge deal, plus he had a pass defense. And then in the run game, he had three total stops, pass game, three total stops. I wasn't all that noticeable on special teams outside of one penalty, so um, I'm guessing he's not going to see all that much playing time, but if there are more injuries to their defensive backs, I wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> he could go in there and have an okay job. Yeah, perhaps more of an emergency situation than anything else right now. Um, elsewhere in the secondary, Nathan, the Packers signed cornerback Keith Baxter to their practice squad on Tuesday. He's a rookie. What college statistics do you have on him? Uh, sure. At Pro Football Focus, we started tracking college data in 2014. So we have his last two years of college at Marshall. And he was only seeing roughly 50% of snaps of the last two years, which is a little surprising that uh, he's a part-time player now on a practice squad um, from that small of a school. But uh, in that time, uh, he was allowing just a 52.9% catch rate, which is fairly low uh, for a cornerback, just 12.6 yards per catch, which is good. Um, he allowed two touchdowns, had an interception, and four passes defended. So all of that was basically added up to an above-average cornerback in a part-time role in the Conference USA. Um, I know he went to the Vikings originally as an undrafted rookie, uh, left training camp early for because he was in the hospital for a non-football injury. So not exactly sure what his situation was there, but my guess is he won't get elevated to the active roster anytime soon and will sign a futures contract after the season. And we'll see what he can do during next offseason. Yeah, maybe a diamond in the rough and just somebody they want to develop for the time being. Um, all right, Nathan, if we, if we take a look back at the Bears game, I know this was almost a week ago now, but just a few questions. Can you tell us how Ty Montgomery graded out strictly as a running back? And, and what, do you think he has what it takes to stick there? Uh, he looked good at his time at running back, which was on 48 of his 60 snaps in the game. Uh, first off, running with the ball, he was averaging 6.7 yards per carry. Uh, made four players miss uh, tackles on him throughout his carries. And then he also had a high receiving grade in the game, too. 
Uh, he, for the second straight week, caught every pass thrown his way, uh, made another three dozen missed tackles on him on his reception. Uh, part of the damage he's had in the passing game was when he lined up at wide receiver, but more of it was when he lined up in the backfield. So um, the only real concern I would have with Montgomery if he sticks more at a running back position going forward is his pass protection. Uh, the Packers barely trusted him to stay in to pass protect in this game. So if the Packers are facing a team that blitzes more often, I could see Montgomery struggling with that aspect of being a running back. Yeah, I haven't seen him do a whole lot of that yet, so we'll see if uh, they try him there in the future. Um, and then on the defensive side, Nathan, uh, can we take a look at the bounce-back performance by Ladarius Gunter, which I thought was pretty remarkable this past week? Sure. Uh, I said earlier Randall had the best performance out of the Packers' cornerback so far this season in an individual game, and Ladarius had the next two, including this past game. Uh, he only allowed three of the nine passes thrown his way to be caught. Uh, each of those three catches only went for 11 yards each. Uh, he did have a pass defense, and then among the rest of the incompletions, a lot of them were due to his close coverage, which helped prevent the catch. So uh, it was especially impressive since most of the time he was going up against Alshon Jeffrey, who's a fairly good wide receiver. So uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see how well he can do the rest of the season. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so finally, looking at the upcoming game here on Sunday, Nathan, who on the Atlanta Falcons roster do the Packers have to watch out for? Uh, first one's an obvious answer, and that's uh, Julio Jones. Uh, he has the highest grade for any wide receiver so far this season, and it's not even close. Uh, the question isn't if the Packers can stop him, but just how much they can try to contain him. Over the past four games, he had 600 receipt, over 600 receiving yards. So uh, it's possible that in this game, he could top 1,000 yards for the season, and it's just a halfway point in the season. Um, outside of that, on the Falcons offense, uh, Devontae Freeman has been doing a decent job running with the ball. So the Packers will have been fairly good at stopping running backs, so it'll be interesting to see how they do against one of the better running backs in the NFL. Um, on Atlanta's defense, they have a decent secondary. It's led by Desmond Shufat, who's one of the better cornerbacks, but also stock cornerback Brian Poole has been playing fairly well, so that'll be a test for Randall Cobb. And their only real weakness in the coverage unit is that linebacker, so um, it'll be possibly Ty Montgomery having another big game receiving. And then outside of that, uh, they aren't great at stopping the run. Uh, mostly nose tackles, Grady Jarrett's been grading out well. So a uh, Ty Montgomery, again, could have a big day there running with the ball as well as passing. So uh, those are probably the biggest tests the Packers will have to face in this game. All right. Well, looking forward to it. Nathan, thank you so much for taking some time this morning to talk to us. Uh, we look forward to having you on the show next week again and breaking the Falcons game down. Sounds good. Have a good one. All right. Take care. As I said, Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com joining us here at Railbird Central on a Wednesday morning. Glad to have him joining us. Glad to have you, the listener, join us as we continue on with the show. Packers news of the day. All right. So uh, since our last episode of Railbird Central, Demarius Randall underwent surgery over the weekend to repair a groin injury. 
The surgery was reportedly performed by Dr. William Myers in Philadelphia, who previously performed surgeries on former Packers. You may remember this. Greg Jennings and Mike Neal, uh, they returned in time to finish out the seasons. They were only out temporarily, and hopefully the same thing is happening here with Randall. Um, now, injuries and surgeries are, of course, never a good thing, but, but this one kind of sticks out more than most for no other reason than the upcoming showdown the Packers have against uh, the Atlanta Falcons and arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, Julio Jones, and, and Nathan Yankee kind of stole my thunder a little bit from uh, the analysis I'm trying to provide here. But uh, if I could try to add a little bit more, you, you may remember the last time that the Packers faced Julio Jones uh, his performance in 2014 when he had over 200 yards receiving. That was kind of one of those games you'd like to forget. And as I remember, it might have been a Monday night football game. It was definitely a, a nationally televised night game. I remember that. I'm trying to wonder if it was Sunday night or Monday night. But anyway, uh, one of the culprits that game was Sam Shields, and he's not going to play this Sunday either. So... I'm not exactly sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> seeing as he got toasted by Jones in the past. Maybe it's a good thing he's not in the field, although a lot of people feel that Sam Shields is the Packers' number one corner, maybe perhaps by default more than anything else, just because he's the most veteran and highest paid player in the secondary, or the cornerback position. Um but, you know, we, we just talked to Nathan Yankee about Ladarius Gunter, who might get the challenge of covering Jones. And, you know, I, I can't complain if he does. At least, you know, Gunter is coming off a game in which he slowed down a capable wide receiver in Elshon Jeffrey, probably a, a Pro Bowl caliber type of wide receiver himself. Maybe not up to the level of Julio Jones, but... Definitely a step in the right direction, especially with Gunter having a, you know, down game the week before that as the Packers coming back from by and uh, struggling with the Dallas Cowboys and things like that. Now, exactly when Demarius Randall will come back is uncertain. Uh, I expect him to miss a few weeks at least here. The Packers are hoping to get Quentin Rollins back from his own groin injury but he hasn't undergone surgery or at least nothing that anybody has heard of or that's gone public. So the Packers must obviously feel he, he's not in bad a shape as, as Demarius Randall. So, uh, you know, it, it goes without saying. This is an important week of practice for the Packers cornerbacks this week. For Rollins, if he comes back, and certain for Ladarius Gunter regardless. And even for Dimitri Goodson, who, you know, I, I would say it's probably less likely he would be tasked with facing a guy like Julio Jones, but for a guy who's relatively untested in the NFL, is coming back from suspension, and hasn't seen all that much time, big for him, and, and big for guys like Micah Hyde playing the slot cornerback, and even the young guys on the roster, um like Josh Hawkins, I, I big for all of them with, with the Packers having such little depth for the time being. So that's kind of like the focus this week, I think, uh, for me heading into this game is 
how the Packers, you know, going to handle Julio Jones, you know, have to imagine they're going to give a lot of safety help as him being the biggest threat. Certainly there are other threats on the Falcons offense like Devontae Freeman, but, you know, the most explosive of which is Julio Jones and, you know, the Falcons putting together a pretty good season so far, uh, better than I think a lot of people expected at least. And Matt Ryan can be a capable quarterback. You know, a lot of people don't put him in that category of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But when you got a weapon like Julio Jones, you know, all it takes is one or two big plays. And, I mean, they that, that can, you know, really stick a fork in you as a defense. So you can never underestimate a player with the talent level of Julio Jones and what damage he can do on the offensive side of the football. So uh, that's kind of the cornerback position analysis here. Um, in other Packers news here, two players went on injured reserve, which we've already mentioned here, or at least one of them with Nathan Yankee. Wide receiver Jared Abraderis, who's been struggling through a quad injury and has only played a little bit this season, and pretty much the same goes for safety Chris Banjo, the other player placed on IR with a groin injury, uh, or pardon me, hamstring for Chris Banjo. He's only played in a handful of uh, snaps this season, uh, mostly on special teams. You, you know, so only one player, uh, we've talked about this many times, only one player can come back from injured reserve, and seeing as the other players on the list also include running back Eddie Lacy and cornerback Sam Shields, it isn't likely to be either Aberderis or Banjo that comes back this year. Those guys are probably being shut down for the year, although maybe they wouldn't rule them out just in case, you know, Lacey and Shields have a setback. I, I'm just saying it, it's a long shot at this point. You know, I think they, the players who could make the biggest impact would either be Lacey or Shields, and they're probably, you know, like I said, they're not ready to make that decision. These guys got to stay on injured reserve for eight weeks, and, you know, like I said, you know, back with we're talking with Lacey and Shields, week 15 at the earliest might even be now that another week has passed for Aberderis and Banjo might be week 16. They could come back at the earliest. So anyway, they're being shut down. It's a shame. I mean, Aberderis, he's, you know, this this may end up signaling the end of his time with the Green Bay Packers, if not immediately here uh eventually because you know he's he's had so many injury issues in the NFL um including concussion issues um but if he can't get over that if he can't even stay on the field it's it's just you know how long do you sit there and try to develop a guy like this who's obviously talented but just can't handle the day-to-day -day pounding in the NFL and, and can't stay healthy and Chris Banjo, it hurts especially for the Packers special teams with him being the captain last year during the playoffs of that unit. Um, a guy who's out there, you know, battling on special teams and a, you know, kind of a, a thankless, you know, kind of job in which you don't get a whole lot of recognition or glory. It's too bad. The Packers could definitely use him in that regard on the coverage units and the blocking units and things like that. Uh, but all all that being said, I, I mean, if that's, 
you know, one of the worst injuries the Packers suffer, you know, a, a player that's a, a special teams contributor, they can consider themselves lucky uh, because, you know, all things being equal, you know, probably not all that huge of an impact, although he definitely makes the special teams better. So promoted to the active roster in their place is wide receiver Geronimo Allison and safety Jermaine Whitehead. I mentioned before, the Packers tend to bring, I, I know Whitehead is, you know, technically in his second year in the NFL, but, you know, the Packers tend to bring rookies along slowly, as many teams do. So I don't know how big of a role these guys will play right away. It's it's interesting, especially in the case of Allison, just playing a skill position and seeing the size that he offers and seeing what he was able to do in training camp in the preseason and all that. And you kind of get excited about a player like that. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, the Packers, you know, really probably aren't ready to make him a focal point of the offense right now. But you wonder, well, what Jordy Nelson kind of, you know, especially coming off a poor game, um, and you know, none of the guys who are further down the depth chart making much of an impact, whether it was Aberderis, whether it was, whether it's Jeff Janis, and he of course had the hand injury with a legitimate excuse there, but since getting that cast off, he still has done very little and rookie Trevor Davis, you know, doing little other than returning punts right now. Um, it, you know, you, you kind of think, oh, maybe, maybe Allison could get involved. But then you think, well, the Packers got, you know, uh, um, Devontae Adams coming off the best game of his career. Maybe he'll start to see a lot more playing time, and maybe that'll take pressure off Randall Cobb. So, you know, I, I, I think the Packers will try to get Geronimo Allison involved this year eventually. Um, so I, I'm, I'm not saying his rookie season is going to be a wash here by any means. It just may not be week one here. Uh, or, you know, whatever, it's now week eight or whatever in the NFL. But you know what I'm saying, week week one in terms of his participation. Um, so, uh, but it'll definitely be interesting to track his progress and the contributions that he makes to this Packers squad, whether it be right away or down the road a few weeks. Um, but interesting to see if he'll be even active for this game and if he is how big of a role is he going to play uh, because I, I have to imagine a guy like Geronimo Allison is not going to make a whole big impact on special teams so uh, probably offense or bust for a guy like that um, but in addition so all these moves the Packers have made um, it opened up a few spots, two spots on the practice squad, of one of which the Packers have already filled. We talked about that before with Nathan Yankee, cornerback Keith Baxter. Uh, the Packers obviously look, looking for cornerback depth here, and a guy who, you know, uh, obviously uh, more so than most, uh, is behind the eight ball in terms of his development. He was a part-time player in college. He didn't spend a whole training camp with an NFL team. Um, so he's definitely has a long way to go before any team would trust putting him out on the field. Uh, but the Packers going to try to develop him. But they still have one spot open on the practice squad. And, and you know, I know Rob Domovsky of ESPN reported that the Packers worked out eight players earlier this week, including six wide receivers. 
the biggest name of which was Mario Alford, who was a big-time playmaker I know at the University of West Virginia. Uh, but the Packers also brought two guys that were previously with the team, uh, Harvey Binford and Deron Brown, so you might recognize those names at least. They were with the Packers in training camp at previous seasons. Um, but really, uh, I, I don't know whether the Packers are seriously considering signing them or someone else to the practice squad as well. They also worked out a guy who's not just on the practice squad, but actually on the 53-man roster all of last season, offensive lineman Josh Walker. You'll remember he was placed on injured reserve during training camp So, and then released. And when that happens, you know, a player is eligible to be signed back after six weeks. Um, you know, when, when they're released, you got to wait six weeks. So, uh, the Packers could make a move there, adding him back or, uh, one more interesting name. They worked out former Ravens quarterback, Keith Wenning. Um, so obviously the Packers, you know, a little bit low on quarterback depth here after they lost Joe Callahan to the Saints. But interestingly, after one week, the Saints released Joe Callahan and he was subsequently picked up by the Cleveland Browns off waivers. Now, apparently, uh, the Packers did not put a claim in on Joe Callahan in, in trying to get him back. Word is, is that they wanted him back, but not on the 53. They just couldn't justify it with so many injury issues they've had, and they've had to fill, you know, injury, you know they had to fill out other positions. Um, but did want him back on the practice squad. But seeing as the Cleveland Browns were willing to put a claim on him, uh, the Packers didn't get that chance. And how can you blame the Cleveland Browns right now as bad as they are for taking a shot on a guy uh, like Joe Callahan? And best of luck to him. Uh, it's going to be an uphill battle with the Cleveland Browns. But uh, maybe sometime down the road, the Packers and Joe Callahan can cross paths again um but it's going to have to be down the road anyway the day ahead all right so it's wednesday and the packers released their first injury report of the week today and the two biggest names i'll be looking for on the injury report is one we've already talked about quint rollins after he's missed the past two games Maybe, perhaps, he's ready to come back and jump in the fray in a practice uh, environment. We'll see. Maybe it's just in limited capacity as opposed to full, but that's what we'll learn on Wednesday. The other name I'll be looking for is rookie running back Don Jackson after injuring his hand this past Thursday in the game against the Bears and only seeing a handful of snaps. Uh, the Packers obviously didn't place him on injured reserve, so they must feel he'll be able to come back at some point. And uh, we'll see what his availability was during practice today. Um, apparently, tight end Jared Cook all but ruled himself out this week, uh, according to interviews in the media. So I wouldn't expect much from him, at least this week. So hopefully... In the future here, uh, we'll be getting some good news on Jared Cook, who's now been out several weeks, and everybody's greatly anticipating him being a bigger part of the Packers' offense and getting back on the field, but not going to happen against the Atlanta Falcons. 
Mike McCarthy uh, hosts his uh, press conference at 10.45 a.m. Central Time. That'll be streamed live at Packers.com. How much he'll have to offer on these injured players I just mentioned it remains to be seen. Typically, he doesn't have a whole lot to say before practice. Uh, you got to wait a day usually before a guy gets back on the field and Mike McCarthy can offer some thoughts. Um, but anyway, uh, he does speak at 10.45 a.m. and he'll be talking at the very least about the upcoming game against the Falcons. And then tonight, um, the Daytona Jones Show is the Wednesday night uh, one of the few Wednesday night Packer talk shows. It's from 6 to 7 o'clock p.m. Central Time on WDUZ Radio in Green Bay, which you can also find streaming online. Uh, it takes place live at Thornberry Creek, so if you want to be part of the audience, you can do that. And I've seen on social media, running back slash wide receiver Ty Montgomery is the guest on the show uh, today. So... You can go check that out as well. And that pretty much does it for today's episode of Railbird Central. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us here on a Wednesday morning. Thank you to Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com for being our guest. My call to action is always as usual. If you've not done so already, please give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It's the one small thing we ask. This show is free of charge, no subscription, no paywall. So if you could do us a solid, head to iTunes, search Cheesehead TV. It'll pop right up. Give us a five-star rating, brief little review. doesn't have to be anything long, but we'd appreciate it because we think this is a service to Green Bay Packers fans, and we hope you enjoy it. So that does it, folks. We'll be back again on Friday with a more in-depth Falcons preview and prediction. So looking forward to that. This show airs every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, streaming live at Packers.com, podcasted and on demand later in the day, whether on iTunes or any sort of app you use to listen to podcasts, Stitcher, elsewhere. Um, It's there for you. We'll see you, folks. Have a good Wednesday. Um, I leave you today with a song called... The Place That I Call Home by the infamous String Dusters on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go Pack Go.